There we go. Hey, welcome, folks, friends, to another episode of Footsteps of the Messiah. This is the Elul 25 episode of the 29 days of Elul. Elul is the month we're in on the biblical calendar. It's the 12th month according to the pre-Exodus 12 calendar that started from creation to Exodus 12 when Israel left Egypt. So Elul is the month that we prepare for the new year. It's kind of like, this is a crude example, uh, you know, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, like we're kind of getting ready in that whole holiday season. So picture that in a biblical sense. So we're cleaning up our acts, A-C-T-S, right? Our, our mental, our physical, our emotional, and our, our spiritual well-being. We're getting it, you know, in, in tune with God, who is seen as the king in the field. He's left the castle. He's left the palace. He's wearing regular clothes, being approachable, and he's allowing the people to really connect with him on a more intimate and, and you know, kind of casual, like a, a less formal level, and to really understand where, uh, who he is and a reset for the coming year. This coming Hebrew year is 5783. Uh, it is said to be the, uh, the, uh, the start of a new seven-year cycle. And uh, let's go ahead and jump into our current topic, which is Lashon Hara. And I want to introduce my guest host on this special episode. Pierre, thank you for being here. And where are you located? You are across the world, aren't you, my friend? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. In France right now, Paris just enjoying. It's kind of late right now. Yeah, I mean, what, early morning. What time is it where you are? Like 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Well, thank you for being up and doing this. What city are you in? Paris. You're in Paris, Gay Paris. Hey, I heard that they're turning the Eiffel Tower off an hour or two earlier to conserve energy. Is that true? Yes. All right. Well, sorry if you went to France to see the Eiffel Tower after 11, but uh, you're going to have to be there before 10. All right. So uh, let me move over to the article that we have for this evening. And this is going to be on the current topic is Lashon Hara. Pierre, what is Lashon Hara in English? I have no idea in English. Well, you were just looking at the podcast for the last couple of days. What what does the Bible say about what was the topic you were just looking at a few minutes ago? Starts with a G. Job? No, no, it starts with a G like golf. When you speak evil about somebody behind their back. Is that what? Remember, we were just talking about the episodes, the last few episodes. What does the Bible say about this topic? The one that I've been doing for a few days. When you, when you say things about people behind their back or say negative things about people. Oh, gossiping. Right, gossiping. Yeah, so we want to see not only what the Bible says, but what Judaism says. Because, you know, really, this is not a topic that's defined very well in Christianity. It's not a topic that gets a lot of attention. We just kind of say, uh, you know, don't speak ill of the dead. Don't, don't talk about people behind their back. Uh, don't say something unless you, and, and what is that phrase from the old, the, the movie Bambi, uh, the, the rabbit thumper, I think he says, unless you have something nice to say, 
don't say anything at all. Okay. But there are actually biblical concepts and guidelines in the scripture that teach us when to draw the line. And let me tell you, pretty much 100% of people don't know where to draw the line. And we even gossip about ourselves. We degrade ourselves in ways that are not uplifting, not edifying. They're not affirming. And they actually denigrate and insult God and us as his creation. So let's take a look at this this quote from Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. Actually, it's on his website, but it's, um, I, and I, I think it might be from one of his books. So, Lashon Hara, evil speech, by poisoning language, destroys the very basis of the Judaic vision. When we speak disparagingly of others, we diminish them, we diminish ourselves, and we damage the very ecology of freedom. Now, ecology, that's a, you know, $20 word. So, ecology is the study. Do you know what ecology is, Pierre? Yeah, it's a study. Yeah. Right, right. Study of what? Do you know? It's okay. I had to look it up. Ecology? Yeah. You asking if what 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 does ecology means or yeah what? yeah I had to look it up I, I didn't know I mean I, I know it has to do with like plant life and the environment but the, the actual definition and the the Greek um, is uh, what I had to look it up but do you happen to know I'm just asking no I don't know I don't know what's the Greek definition okay but I know it has to do with environment yeah yeah very good and I do this to all my guests so don't feel bad. Um, Ecology is from ancient Greek oikos, which is house, and study of. So it's a study of the relationships between living organisms, including humans, and their physical environment. So it, it impacts lashon hara, which means evil tongue, literally in Hebrew. It impacts our relationships with God, our relationships with each other, and how we relate to ourselves, how we see ourselves. Okay. Yeah. So that was just a quick, uh, that was just a short, uh, uh, blurb, a uh, short piece that I thought stood out to me from Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. May he rest in peace. He was the, uh, I forget his exact title, but he was, um, I believe, the national rabbi like of, of uh, the UK. Um, so, and he was a barrister um, and he was a very well-known rabbi. He just passed away in the last year. So anyway, uh, S-A-C-K-S, if you want to look up uh, writings from John, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, outstanding rabbi, very insightful. Uh, so let's look at this article. Speaking Lashon Hara, when it's permissible. This is from an article on Torah.org on Lashon Hara. So and Pierre, jump in anywhere. If you have questions or you want to make a comment or something speaks to you, you just say, hey, hey, you know what? I want to jump in, okay? I got you. All right. You got anything so far? No, I'm listening. Okay. Have you engaged in any gossip recently? Or has there any, have you experienced gossip about yourself that you found out that hurt your feelings recently? Uh, no, it was some, actually somebody else gossiping about somebody. Yes. A couple of days ago. Oh, okay. How did you feel in that situation? I felt really bad. For the person that was being embarrassed? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to talk about what to do when you're in a situation like that. Okay. All right. All right. So here's when speaking with Shon Hara 
is actually permissible. Now, these are exceptions to the rule. So they're speaking Lashon HaRa to help others. The seven conditions to satisfy before speaking Lashon HaRa and speakers with the same sins cannot speak. So if, if you have the same sin as somebody else, you better shut your mouth about it and not talk about them. Okay. And I yeah. don't there are 17 points in this article. So um, let me go ahead and read them real fast. Constructive intentions, causing gossip is forbidden. So gossip is also called rechilut in Hebrew. And even when rechilut might be permitted, you rebuke the transgressor first. When the speaker fears retaliation, then there's a speaker who's always righteous in his speech. There's an extra requirement for Lashon Hara regarding Ben Adam Lamakom, which uh, in Hebrew, that means between man and the place. So we'll find out what that means. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. The, effect, yeah. the affected party should not speak. Oh, that's interesting. So it's almost like saying, don't defend yourself. Like, don't, don't defend yourself uh, unless, like, it's a very special circumstance. Because it's almost, it's like in Isaiah, um, you know that scripture, Pierre, where it says that Yeshua was like a lamb led to the slaughter. Yeah. It said that he was, he was silent before his shearers or before his, his uh, oppressors. Yeah. And, and he, you know, the Messiah himself didn't didn't defend himself you know because he was in a kangaroo court man he was in a court that wasn't going to be righteous anyway so why bother you're just gonna it's like you're just gonna make it worse i'm just yeah. up. i'm okay so i want to refer when i when i look up scripture okay that's isaiah 53 very famous passage about the suffering servant um jews that do not believe in yeshua as the messiah believe that this is a passage about israel as the suffering servant but if you read it carefully and you read it in Hebrew, that's really impossible that it could be Israel. Um, but Isaiah 53 verse 7 says, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. Now, I believe it's Psalm 22. He says that they were like lions biting on him. And in Hebrew, it says they gnawed his flesh off of his arm, off of his body. I believe that the Romans were so cruel that they bit him, that they, they, you know, they stabbed him. We know they whipped him. They, they peeled the flesh off of his body. Okay, so let's go get, let's get back to uh, the affected party should not speak. Point 12, Lashon Hurrah about things that weren't wrong. So you, you could actually speak gossip, God forbid, shalom. you could actually speak gossip about things that weren't even incorrect if you open your mouth about something that you don't know enough about. And how many times do we all do that? God forbid, right? Yes. When the affected party can achieve a constructive purpose, don't know what that means, we'll find out. The seven conditions, a detailed review, plan before speaking, chapter 15, Lashon Ra as revenge. How many times have we all been tempted or even done it? Spoken about somebody in revenge because they're so angry. 
And then 17, chapter section 17 or chapter 17 is identifying a culprit. So we have enough here to take us all the way through the end of Elul. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how far we can get in this article. And um, let's see here. Let me check. I might have actually said the wrong date because we're, uh, we're going into Elul uh, 26 here. So let me just see. Uh, yeah, okay. So actually, tonight's episode is for Elul 26. So yesterday was, um, we're just ending Elul 25. So we're going into Elul 26. So section one, speaking Lashon Hara to others. If someone witnessed another person wronging his fellow, perhaps by theft or damage of property or injury, whether the wronged person is aware of the damage or theft or not, or by insulting or embarrassing him, and the witness knows that the offending party did not make amends by repaying the theft, repaying the damage, or requesting forgiveness, even if he was the sole witness, he may discuss the incident with others in order to help the guilty party to correct his ways and repent, and also to publicly disparage such evil behavior. However, the witness should take extreme care that the seven conditions that follow are met. So, you witness, God forbid, right? Somebody uh, taking, uh, let's say you, you, know, you get to France and you witness somebody stealing a bag from baggage claim, right? Because it talks about theft or damage of property. So whether the person that owned that bag is aware of the damage or not, um, you know that the offending party got away with it or they're on their way out the door or something like that. You're the only witness so you can discuss that with others in order to rectify that situation and hopefully catch the thief. Are you with me, Pierre? Yes. Okay. All right. Also. Yeah, go ahead. Also, I wanted to add, like, uh, you know, sometimes when you witness somebody gossiping about somebody else, the best thing to do, what I do sometimes, is when they ask for my opinion, I would say, I have no idea about it. But how about we talk about something positive about that person? What do you like about that person? What is something good that that person ever did that you really like about it? Sometimes I will try to change the conversation to something positive just to avoid it. There you go. And, you know, that reminds me, Pierre, of the, the proverb that said, or I think it, it's in the, one of the epistles where it says that when you rescue somebody from sin, it's like uh, snatching them out of the fire. Yeah. And actually, that's one of the remedies for, oh, it's from Jude chapter one. Uh, Yehuda. This is one of the brothers of Yeshua the Messiah. So it's it actually says, um, let's see here, Jude chapter one verse twenty three. Uh, okay, it says, and and others. Ah, dang it! Hold on, sorry. The chapter Jude, yeah, Jude verse twenty three. So it says, here we go book of Jude. It's only like 25 verses. All right. So verse 23, it says, um, 
We'll start in 22. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To show others, to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. And you know, I, I mean, how, how little faith does it show? I mean, let's think about it. How little faith does it show when we have to gossip about somebody? Because that's usually indicating an inadequacy in us, some lack of faith in us, some lack of, of strength in us. And maybe it's because we see, we actually don't want to look at the same thing is wrong with us. Yes. Like there's a guy uh, at my office, right? And uh, he, uh, God bless him. I mean, he's a nice guy, but um, he, uh, he just, uh, he, he lacks a certain level of maturity. It's like he, he makes jokes at inappropriate times. Well, I do the same thing. And I've been thinking about it. I'm like, that's why it annoys me because it's a mirror to me. Like the other day he did something that like nobody, I haven't seen anybody do this since I was in high school, man. And I was, like, <laughs> you know, like it was so dumb. And, and the other day he like made a, 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 a noise or something and thought it was really funny. I'm like, how old are you, man? But you know, I, I just, I think it reminds me that I need to watch. I need to conduct myself in a more mature manner. And I believe that Hashem, that God puts us in those situations so that we can stare at ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So these are the, uh, can you see my screen? Yes, I do. Okay. So the seven conditions to satisfy before speaking Lashon Hara. I mean, it, that, that phrase just baffles me. Like, like when would there ever be these conditions? And like, why would you want to speak evil tongue? But I mean, it's not literally saying evil tongue. It's saying normally this would be considered gossip, but in these certain instances, it's permissible. So the speaker, number one, the speaker must have witnessed the incident himself or herself rather than knowing about it from a rumor. If he has only heard about the incident, then he must verify its authenticity firsthand. Number two, the speaker should reflect thoroughly, not hastily concluding something as theft or damage or any other offense that the action in question is truly a violation according to halakha. Now, by the way, halakha is rabbinic standard. It's the way that we observe the mitzvot, the commandments in the Bible. All right. The speaker should, number three, the speaker should first approach the transgressor privately and rebuke him with gentle language. Now we see that in the gospels. What does it say? It says, if you're offended, if you have an offense with your brother, go to him first. By That's in Matthew. Yes. Thank you. By the, if you want to look it up, I'd love for you to read it. So if you, if you can't, that's okay. But I don't want you to get kicked off the Zoom. But uh, yeah, that, so Yeshua himself says, go to your brother, tell him your offense, work it out before you guys go make offerings at the temple, before you go uh, to court, try to solve the issue. Try to work it out yourselves. And, you know, whether it's a spouse, a husband and a wife, you know, you don't gossip about your spouse. You don't tell other people your problems. If you need to, you take it to someone, one person or, you know, a, a, another couple in leadership or you go to a professional counselor. But just like our relationship with the Lord is sacred at his bride, 
We need to keep our relationship sacred and follow biblical protocol. It's there for a reason. Okay, perhaps. Yeah, I've, go ahead, sorry. I believe it's it's in is Matthew fifteen. Uh, I believe it's Matthew eighteen, fifteen seventeen. Okay, let me look it up. Matthew fifteen eighteen seventeen. Yeah, I like to refer to these when I can. Okay, Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and confront, uh, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. All right. Yeah, because it, it prevents shame. And, and it, it allows each person to just uh, to deal with it one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, sometimes bringing other people in, you, you know, it ends up making it worse. Yeah. Because they, okay. they might not be as mature as you think they are, or they may bring something else up that you got to deal with. Yes, Kevin. Also, I wanted to tell you a quick story. Please. I remember, please. I remember growing up in my congregation, we used to have this thing. When somebody is gossiping about someone else, he has a day or something to go repeat the same thing he was saying in front of that person with you. So if let's say somebody come to you trying to gossip about me, you tell that person, how about we go say that in front of him and let's see what, what he says about it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a good way to shut down all the gossip and stuff too. Yeah, it is. It is because it's cowardly. It's a spirit of cowardice. It's a spirit of fear. I'm telling you, and it's a. Spirit and of what hurts me the most too is to see the way people are doing multiple efforts. People are working hard to stay in the faith, to walk with God, and you know those gossip sometimes can make you go away from God. It can cause a lot of traumas and stuff. So there's some gossip that you heard about it. You can even go away from your congregation, from the people that you love. That can cause a lot of big problems. We don't see that that way, but that can cause a lot of damage that sometimes we can't even fix because every day we, we're doing our best to walk with God, to stay faithful, especially when it comes from our brothers and sisters, the people that we, we share life with. It's so damaging. You're absolutely right. And there, James, the book of Yaakov, James, um, it talks about the tongue is, is like a fire. It can start a fire that gets completely out of control. Uh, so, you know, it really is important to think about what you say. It takes a lot longer. It takes a lot longer to fix something if you can even fix it once you've said something wrong versus not saying anything at all. And in Proverbs, uh, if you want to look this one up, it says, even a fool is considered wise when he is what? Do you know the, the rest of the verse? Even a fool is considered wise when he is what? You want to guess? Uh, no. <laughs> Silent. When, he's, when, he, when he shuts up. Yeah. 
you know, because it that's what most foolishness comes from is our mouth. Okay, let me get through these and then I want to tell you a story about gossip and then we'll wrap it up. The speaker should first approach the transgressor privately, rebuke him with gentle language such that the transgressor would be inclined to listen, but because perhaps this can have an impact and inspire the person to improve his ways. If the transgressor does not listen, then the speaker should alert the public of the individual's guilt in cases where the speaker knows in advance that the transgressor won't listen to rebuke. He will discuss it. We will discuss it. I-Y-H. I don't know what that means. In paragraph seven. Okay. The description of the sin should not be exaggerated for effect or any other reason. Number five, the speaker must have pure intentions. To'elet, which is purpose in Hebrew. To'elet. As we will discuss later, excuse me, in paragraph four, the speaker should not, heaven forbid, enjoy his friends, a.k.a. the transgressor's disgrace, nor act out of previous hatred he felt for the person. Number six, if the purpose of speaking the Lashon Hara, causing the ergo, causing the sinner to repent, warning the community to stay away from such an activity, can be achieved in another way. Rather than speaking Lashon Hara, it is forbidden to speak such Lashon Hara. So in other words, if there's any way to avoid spreading some kind of negativity, to cause them to repent, to warn the community, you've got to go that, that route first. Okay, and point seven under paragraph two, by speaking Lashon Hara, the transgressor should not be caused more damage than would be appropriate as determined by a court of Jewish law reviewing the case. This is discussed in detail in Hilchot Rechilut chapter nine. Ooh, that sounds like a good thing to, for us to cover next year after uh, after Rosh Hashanah. We can go to Hilchot and that there's a whole tractate. This looks like it's either in the Talmud or the Mishnah about Rechilut, which is gossip. An example would be if a thief would be obligated to repay the victim $100, but Lashon Hara caused him damages of $500. Okay, so I want to tell you a story. Well, actually, we'll read point three here because this is short. Speakers with the same sins cannot speak. All this applies if the witness is a better person than the transgressor. If, however, the witness is just as bad of a sinner, sick with the same immoral behavior, it is forbidden to publicize the incident. A person with similar sins does not have the intention of revealing the unknown out of goodwill and fear of God but rather to enjoy the disgrace of his fellow. So do you understand what that's saying? Yes. Yeah, so like you have two people that are both of like marginal moral fiber, then they can't testify against each other because they might enjoy the disgrace of the other person by sharing some sin that they saw the other person commit. Uh, now, this is referred to in Hoshea, the book of Hosea, chapter one, verse four. Quote, and I have accounted for the sins of Jezreel upon the house of Yehu. End quote. Yehu fulfilled a mitzvah, a positive commandment, by cutting off the house of Ahav, Ahab, in Jezreel. For he was commanded by a prophet. And Yehu, therefore, or Jehu, his the right pronunciation is Yehu, because there's no J in Hebrew. Thereby, Yehu was thereby granted the kingship for four generations. As God told Yehu in 2 Kings 10, verse 30, quote, as you have done to the house of Ahab, 
according to what was in my heart, your fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. How, end quote. However, God similarly meted punishment upon the house of Yehu because he committed transgressions just like Ahav had done. And Ahav was the, the husband, the king of what horrible, terrible, no good, very bad queen in Israel. Not queen, but wife. Who is his wife? Starts with a J in English. Yes. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, Kevin. What's her name? What's her name? Pop quiz. The name of who? The, the evil woman that King Ahab, King Ahab was married to. The evil woman? Starts with a J. Starts with a J? Yeah. You'll know it when I say it. If you Hold can. on. King Ahab was married to a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad woman. And um, she, she uh, started murdering all of the prophets during the reign of Ahab and Eliyahu. He, they were after Elijah. Oh, Jezebel. There you go. There you go. Good job. Good job. Okay. So we're going to stop at point three in this article. This again comes from Torah.learning. If you want to read the whole article uh, yourself, uh, speaking Lashon Hara is the article. This is from chapter 10. And this is a series from the Chofetz Chaim under ethics of speech. So the story I want to tell real quick before we close is um, a man comes to a rabbi and he says, I've, uh, I've said some terrible things about people, about my friends, and I just can't seem to stop gossiping. And it's almost Rosh Hashanah. And I want to repent. I want to fix it. What do I do? And he says, um, he says, uh, go get a pillow and come back and see me. So the next day, the guy comes back and he has a pillow and he says, OK, I want you to go up to the top of the hill where it's the most windy, the highest hill in the town. And I want you to rip open the pillow and I want you to scatter the feathers to all the winds. Just let them all go into the wind until there are no more feathers left. And he says, okay. So he goes and does it. And he comes back and he tells the rabbi, I tore open the pillow. I scattered the feathers. So is everything fixed? And he says, no, you're only halfway finished. And he says, what do I have to do now? What do you think he told him? Go apologize. Well, he needs to do that. But what about the damage that his words have done? What do you think he said? Go about fix all the damage. Well, what he told him was, go pick up all the feathers. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it's virtually impossible. We could we could really say it's pretty much impossible to completely undo the damage we do with our words now if there wasn't a lot of wind and you know maybe there are a lot of trees and he can pick up a lot of the feathers but can you ever really get them all i mean it's hyperbole right it's exaggeration just to show that when we say something we really don't know how far our words will reach and the rabbis say and i i hope i'm getting this right that the, yes, yes. the most sensitive 
sense that we have. So we have five senses, right? Um, now in Judaism, there are actually more senses, but that's a whole other story. But the basic senses we have are sight, smell, taste, feeling. Touch. Yeah, feeling, touch, and, and hearing, right? So yeah. the rabbis say that hearing, now I would argue that seeing there's, there's some things that are really hard to unsee. That's why we got to be really careful. Psalm 101, King David says, I shall put no unclean thing before my eyes. So it's really hard sometimes to forget images that we see, right? Um, but yes. they say that the hearing is the most sensitive of all of our five senses because what we hear gets into our brain, it gets into our soul. It goes to how hard. It goes to your heart. So I'm going to close. Do you have any closing comments? I loved having you here. I love bouncing ideas. Yes, Kevin. I wanted you to read Psalm 50, 19, 20. Psalm 50? 50, 19, 20. All right. Let me look it up real quick. Psalm 50, 50, right? Yeah. Okay, here we come. Okay, here we go. Bible.com. No. Nope. It just came in my mind because I remember about the scripture. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, we're going to read this just for the sake of time. Well, I'm going to change the Bible translation here to the. Uh, uh, Orthodox Jewish Bible. Uh, it's not updating. Okay, we're just going to read it in uh, New International Version. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. You sit and testify against your brother and slander your own mother's son. When you, and this is verse 21, when you did these things and I kept silent, you thought I was exactly like you, but I now arraign you and set my accusations before you. Wow. I just thought about it. That's good. That's really And I have another verse that we can conclude with. Okay. It's uh, Proverbs 10, verse 19. Proverbs 10, 19. I feel like I just saw that today. Oh, I think this is uh, one of my favorite verses. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Wow. That's really good. And New King James, this is the version that I memorized years ago. In the multitude of wit of in a multitude of words, sin is near. Now, the King James says, that's the first half, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. So it's, it's coming, right? Like the more you talk, the more chance there is you're going to say something wrong. <laughs> but he, the second part is so beautiful. But he who restrains his lips is wise. All right. Thank you so much, Pierre. You brought a much needed extra dose of wisdom and insight i really appreciate it uh thank you so much so we're gonna have to have you back and we never like to leave our broadcast without inviting you to make yeshua jesus the lord of your life and your savior and your redeemer so um we want to thank you for listening may this bring you wisdom and fruit of the spirit so we also 
want to remind you, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim, seek the peace of Jerusalem. And may you be blessed and encouraged. Uh, thank you for being here. And we invite you to send any kind of feedback or suggestions to footsteps of the Messiah at gmail.com. Shalom. Yeah, my pleasure. God bless you. Shalom.